Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This episode of the Cult Popture podcast was brought to you by our Patreon. If you want to tell us which films we should watch or get two extra exclusive podcasts a month, then please consider joining the cult and donating at www.patreon.com slash cultpopture. Welcome to this spooky season of Cold Uh, uh, Pulpture. Richard, Jess, how are you? uh, Dead. I'm dead. (laughs) Do you know what the spookiest thing of all is? The common cold. Oh no! Which... Two days ago, Richard was like, "Do you? When are we going to do the podcast?" And I said, "Oh, I'm coming down with something, man." He said, "Me too," and I was like, "Well, that's guess that's it then. No podcast this week." But luckily, I had a very intense but very short sickness over the past two days, yeah. and Richard was kind of just, um, what's the word when you think you're you're sick but you're not hypochondriac. Yeah, you were just nah, being yeah. hypochondriac. <laughs> nah, I've got like a sore throat, but it's not like affecting my voice. And it's kind of, it's all right in the middle of the day, which is when we're recording. Um, but yeah, it was funny. It was on um, Friday because I was like, I'm getting sick. I'd rather record now. <laughs> and AJ was like, well, I'm real sick. So I'd rather record in a couple of days. Yeah. So um, we did what AJ wanted to do. Um, I is- was <laughs> I was unable to record, though. You were like, I'm getting a little bit sick. I was like, we will do, you know, at the at the at the the worst case scenario, we'll we'll just release something shorter or quicker. But yeah, we're not. We're like all this. good now. No, this yeah. is good. And, uh, I, Jess, feel, I feel Jess, good about this episode. Yeah, Jess, how are you? Um, I'm good. I'm feeling um spooky. Oh shit! You're looking spooky. spooky. She's dressed in all black. Yeah, just wow. like every every single day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> doesn't change. She lives the spooky life all year round. Yeah. Um. So yeah. today we are doing a very spooky podcast. So if you get spooked easily, or maybe if the sun has gone down, maybe don't listen to this one. Um. <laughs> but uh, if you are ready to be spooked. Mm. then continue listening. So we're going to be talking today about some uh, pop culture urban legends and fan theories. So- Which, man, I am I am so jazzed for this topic. <laughs> I, pop culture this topic we urban thought legends- of, what, like an hour ago? <laughs> No, well, we thought of it like it was an option, like yesterday, and then, then the more uh, the more I thought about it, I was like, I can't believe we haven't talked about this yet because this is how I got into to doing. You know, writing about films and TV and stuff was like reading about fan theories on Cracked.com and stuff like this. And it's mm. like, I, I, I'm sure we'll talk about some of them today, but when I was maybe like 11 or 12, me and my friend would, would log on to eborumsworld.com, which was like the back alley Newgrounds, if people remember 
they didn't produce their own content they stole it yeah that that website was full of like creepy flash videos and ones that were like creepy urban legends and they'd have this creepy music playing under them that isn't creepy music but i now associate it with a creepy video and so now it is creepy for me so i love this shit man so i'm ready to get spoopy (laughs) it's nothing as creepy as content theft and the common cold the two scariest things of all yeah so there's there's a few that um i mean this is what maybe we could do a follow-up next week where we read um like creepy pastas like squidward suicide or the the bart one um because i haven't got those but um should we start off with some uh urban legends please so perhaps one of the most famous um is the paul is dead theory Oh, yes. Um, so this is about Paul McCartney. Who is a beetle, yes. correct? Yeah, not the animal. He's one of the be- the singing group, the Beatles. Oh, the pop group. This whole time I thought he was the animal. <laughs> the insect. Um, so. And- this is a beetle with a, like, a really thick moustache. And I was like, why do people care if a beetle's dead? Beetles die all the time. <laughs> well, pe- people die all the time as well. And, you know. What? That's the scariest thing I've heard. Nobody told me this. Okay. In January of 1967, a rumor started to spread across the streets of London. Paul McCartney, the cute beetle, uh, died in a car crash. In February, the official Beatles fan club magazine, the Beatles monthly book, published a quick two sentence item under the false rumor, under the title false rumor, making it clear that Paul was fine. There was no accident. He was not dead. Still, some people didn't buy it. The Beatles were covering up the death of McCartney. There was no other reasonable explanation. Uh, in uh, October of 1969, Russ Gibb of WKNRFM got a call from someone with a rather, rather garbled voice. The caller, who went unnamed, claimed that there were messages hidden on the White Album that could only be heard if you played the album backwards. Gibb, instead of laughing it off, pulled out his copy of the now classic record and gave it a go. Among the things um, Gibb heard, the most famous is John Lennon, John Lennon at the end of I'm So Tired saying, Paul is a dead man, miss him, miss him, miss him. Um, and we'll come back to Backmask, uh, to playing things backwards, uh, in a bit. And maybe we'll even hear a clip from the Beatles. Um, wow. have we, so have you so, heard um, the Paul is a dead man, miss him, miss him, miss him? I have, but it's not one of the ones I got. <laughs> I, so I I'll, I'll play it, I'll play it right now. Yeah. when i'm editing this fuck it's creepy yeah, yeah it's it is. so scary it's one of the scariest backmasking messages uh, i'll pull it up on youtube yeah i was gonna say hear. i haven't heard it before but i'm not very good at hearing backmasking oh, stuff no, it's, i'm it's, pretty bad at picking up what it but says. it's in, it's intentionally put in there it's yeah, not to delay a, like, as a joke kind of thing uh, or 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 <laughs> Oh, yeah. Like, when you're 12 years old and you're super into, like, the idea of backmasking and then you find one that's, like, designed to be scary, it is scary. <laughs> yeah. But, so, there's also um, a bunch of other, like, evidence that people found. Um, like, Sergeant Peppers, he's facing backwards, he's facing the other way from the other Beatles on the back cover, and he's not wearing shoes on the cover of Abbey Road, which is supposed to be, like, because you walk into the afterlife without shoes and stuff. Um, oh. a, a, even, like, on a Batman comic, there's, like, a cover that has um, a band that looks suspiciously similar to the Beatles, um, and uh, Batman and Robin are, like, um, they're, like, one of them is dead, but which one? 
And um, <laughs> so, yeah, eventually in uh, 1969, um, Paul McCartney gave an interview where he confirmed that he was still alive. Um, and then the rumor shifted to um, he was replaced by a lookalike. Well, wasn't that so? Surely, if he's on the album cover of Abbey Road, he's still alive. I thought that was it. No, just but, shifted no, but it's at just that a point. lookalike. It's someone. Who yeah, looks yeah, like yeah. Hmm. Um, but yeah, because there and there is like you can look it up if you're listening to this. Look, have a look. But there's like um, side by sides comparisons of him like before and after the rumor kind of thing. They're like, look, this this corner of his mouth is slightly different, and it's all very <laughs> just because he's so. holding his face differently. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Look, he's smiling in this photo, but now he's frowning, and it's he's sad because he could died. It possibly be the same person. <laughs> so yeah. What do you guys think? Plausibility scale. Okay. Paul McCartney is dear or has been a lookalike since nineteen sixty seven. Well, should we talk should we talk about the motives? Like how strong yeah. is the motive for this? Yeah. Probably one of the strongest, right? Because it's money. Yeah, right. So Ooh. it's keeping the, the name of the Beatles untarnished. Yeah. Kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I think is more likely though? Is that people like the Beatles who enjoy a good co- sort of cult of personality would perpetuate a rumor like this because it's, it's a funny. spooky urban legend and it makes them seem like a more mystical and cool kind of group of people, yeah. I reckon. Yeah, because that was the thing the Beatles were struggling with in the late 60s was image. <laughs> they weren't cool <laughs> enough. No, but they were experimental. And, and especially like if they're putting al- uh, backmasking messages like that on the White Album, it's like, yeah, they were they were crazy. They did kind of want to like dismantle what they were doing from the inside out you know yeah i think it's just cool i think it's i don't think it's true but i think it's a cool i would do it if i was a world famous beetle pop band <laughs> if i was a world famous bug mm, well th- this has happened again hasn't it do you have the avril levine one on here that's right yeah there is one um as well that because her image completely changed mm. yeah and they couldn't no one could conceive it being the same person. Yeah, that <laughs> skater boy and girlfriend could be the same. <laughs> she the does same look like what? a completely different person yeah, she does. and girlfriend, though. Yeah, like she looks more different than the two Paul McCartney's, dude. And I remember, um, like, did you guys hear the her Hello Kitty song? No, because for in my head yeah. I was like, oh, girlfriend is so different. Girlfriend is like the, you know, hey, hey, you, you, I don't like your girlfriend. That's like the next logical step from Skater Boy. She released a song, I think it's called Hello Kitty or something like that, and it goes, yeah. come, come, kitty, kitty, you're so pretty, pretty. <laughs> it's it's, it's real like, bad. Yeah. It was okay. it was the first big piece of pop culture that um, sparked off discussions about cultural appropriation in the modern era. Yeah, that was the my- first. That was the first example of cultural appropriation. Yeah, yeah, um, never. never happened before this. <laughs> but um, yeah, because also I remember back, back in her early days, um, uh, she always said she would never marry Chad Kroger from Nickelback. And, and then, then what she happened? Did. Oh my god! Oh my god! We've just stumbled on something big. You <laughs> that guys. is spooky. Um, okay, so next big urban legend we've got. This is one that um, AJ and I, AJ and I both um, separately discovered when we were young and were separately freaked out by and then bonded over years later. Mm. So um, there's a song called Love Roller Coaster. It's originally by the Ohio Players. You might know the uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers cover version. Roller um, Coaster. Oh, no. That's oh, in no. Final Destination 3, eh? I think that was Probably. the first time I heard it was in that film. Really? So now I just always Ooh. associate it with. Um, people burning in a roller coaster of love. <laughs> yes, <laughs> people's hearts burning. 
<laughs> oh, deep. Um, spooky. So <laughs> the, the, the spookiest thing is commitment. <laughs> this ongoing joke. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're actually just trying to find this, but what is the spookiest thing? That's the name of this podcast. Um, so the cover of the album, Honey, uh, by the Ohio Players, dep- depicts a nude uh, Playboy model kneeling atop what appears to be a sheet of glass, uh, dripping honey all over herself from a ladle suspended above her head. Um, the original urban legend is that the glass was actually some kind of fiberglass or like some other synthetic thing, which reacted chemically with the honey, bonding Ooh. her skin like super glue to the fiberglass, uh, freeing her, ripped the skin from her legs, and her career as a model was ruined. So she burst into the recording studio while they're recording the song uh, Love Roller Coaster and starts threatening to sue the band for everything they're worth. The band's manager stabs her to death right there in the control booth and that's the scream you hear in the song. Yeah. It's, it's right before the second verse. I'll play it right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Wait, is she in the control booth or is she in the recording booth? I heard she was outside the recording booth. It's a, you know, the point being is that her scream is immortalized. Oh. It's a very weird scream. Um, that was not what I was expecting, actually. Yeah, so at it, all, it's like a um. Okay, well, actually, it's it's it, they the band has come out and um. And you know, said it's it's not that. Um, <laughs> there's a part um, in the song where there's a breakdown. It's um, so this is um, one of the like like someone from the band said this. <laughs> so there's a part in the song where there's the breakdown. It's guitars and it's right before the second verse. And Billy Beck does one of those inhaling type screeches like Minnie Ripperton, you know that that loving you. Yeah. Um, did to reach her <laughs> high note, or Mariah Carey does to go octaves above. It's it's like a whistle yeah. um, vocal. Um, the DJ made this crack and it swept the country. People were asking us, did you kill this chick in the studio? Uh, and said so the band took a vow of silence because it makes you sell more records. Yeah, it's fair. Ex- same thing as as Paul is dead, man. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's it's just it it makes it makes you as a band and you as an artist seem larger than life. And it's, I, I don't, I don't necessarily have a problem with it. It's, it's cool. <laughs> yeah. It's cool to murder chicks. Um, but yeah, like, um, the idea of being like your legs being fused and the, the skin mm, being ripped off. The skin off again, this is shit. Like when you're like looking through Snopes, when you're like a young teen, it's creepy. It's creepy. Mm, it is creepy. I'm enjoying revisiting my Eborms world days. Yeah. So plausibility. <laughs> do you, what do you guys reckon? Do they are they covering it up? Literally, literally um, debunked, uh, denied. Yeah, I think this agreed. Still, listening to the scream as well, it's very clearly not a scream of agony. It doesn't even really sound like a scream. It kind of sounds like someone scratching a key across a metal or something. You know, it's like real high pitch. Is this a new fan? Is this a new urban legend? It's a fan New theory. Fan theory. About yeah, it's actually a key being scratched across a car. When she left, she, <laughs> when she left, she, she didn't get her, her skin ripped car. off. She was just like, "Fuck, I'm sticky." Fuck, you guys didn't tell me to be honey and scratch the um the manager's car. Oh, you fuck, I'm sticky. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right, here's another creepy urban legend for you guys. So, the film Three Men and a Baby. 
directed by Leonard oh, Nimoy. This is a classic, man. <laughs> oh, I love this shit. I love dude. like all of these require like you to see something or to hear something. I oh, just you know I can play the ones that you can hear. I can't play this one. Yeah. But. Um. So yeah, this film was directed by Leonard Nimoy. Fun fact. Um. <laughs> but um. So there was a ghost on the set of Three Men and a Baby. Wow. You can see him peek sadly from behind a curtain. Um, it is suggested he lived in the apartment where the film was being shot and he killed himself with a shotgun. So there is a shot in Three Men and a Baby. The camera like is following them. And you can see from behind a curtain, there's like a silhouette of what appears to be a young boy. Um, and that's Ooh. really the whole fan, the whole that's urban it? legend. Um, plausibility, Jess? I feel like just... The art director brought his kid to set one day and this, uh, got the, in the back the of The answer is actually even stupider. <laughs> um, it's very, the, it is a very, not before you know the answer, it is a very creepy shot. Yeah, it is a very like, creepy shot. It's, like, it's, it's it's following, Google it. What is it? Three, three, men, three and men and a baby. Um, it's following the titular three men and a baby, which who is like Tom Selleck. Who's t- in three t- men and a baby? And, yeah, yeah. Um, um, is it Tom Selleck? It is. Yeah, it? it's definitely Tom Selleck. Um have you ever seen it? No, I haven't actually. And have you? It's been very good for Disney Plus. Well, it's oh. not subtle at all, is it? It's literally a kid standing there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's it's not like a ghost. L- l- it's l- like l- there's l- a yeah. full on boy. Don't look up what it is, Jess. I'm not. I'm not. There's also three men and a little lady. There's a sequel to it. I think it's on our franchise list. Or there's a woman in this photo. I feel like I've been lied to. <laughs> yeah. This is just a man, a woman, and a baby. But. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so it's actually not a ghost boy because a, a the film was shot on a soundstage, mm-hmm. so there was no apartment that this little boy killed himself with. Uh, it's actually a cardboard cutout of Ted Danson that was left in the back of shot, <laughs> and that's it. Wow! Do you know what, it'd be funny you- if Ted Danson wasn't in the film. <laughs> How would you not notice? Yeah, it's it's actually it's actually very quick. Like, and if you watch the clip, it's very, it's real quick. Yeah, but when you're shooting it, like on set, yeah, 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 yeah for sure. Did, and it's wasn't it like from a deleted scene or something? And so it, it makes very little. Yeah, I actually sense think it's not even in the film or something. Yeah, hmm. yeah. So it's it's very um... spooky. <laughs> all, that, spooky. all that hard work to just be cut from the film. <laughs> Script supervisors being bad at their jobs. Spooky. <laughs> That's the spookiest thing of all. So here's one I don't actually have anything written down for because I thought it'd be fun for all of us to explain it. Um, what did you guys hear growing up? How did you guys hear Steve from Blue's Clues killed himself? Oh, I heard the pencil theory. Pencils up his nose and slammed his head onto slammed a desk. Slammed on the table. What did yeah. you hear, AJ? Yeah, I heard that one. I heard he jumped off a cliff was one of the ones I heard. Yeah. The the pencil one was the biggest one. Um, and then and also drug overdose Drugs, as well. Drugs, yep. Um, but yeah, why I, would you? I, I, why would you kill yourself the pencil way? It's so. Yeah. It's such a weird theory. Yeah, well, because it's one of those things like you know, children stick their pencils up. Children stick pencils in their orifices, um, and don't talk about children's orifices. Not on this podcast. <laughs> it's too spooky. It's too spooky. Yeah. So. Um, and but you know kids stick shit like that up their noses and you tell and you know they it spreads like you can't do that because you could die and then somehow it became that's how Steve from Blue's Clues died and I remember hearing this in like my second to last year of high school and being like 
you're actually an idiot if you still believe that. <laughs> he's in a band. He's he re- he reappeared on Blue's Clues like a month ago as well. Mm. So please stop perpetuating that rumor because it's real stupid. There's a real sad kind of um, stand-up comedy. It's not really. It's more telling a story of um, Steve Burns of Blue's Clues. Um, telling this, telling some stories from Blue's Clues days, and one of the things he talks about is like the scary thing about being rumored to be dead for years is it starts to feel like cultural preference yeah, because people yeah. like the idea that that such a scary thing could happen to such a friendly guy. But I believe in reality he left Blue's Clues because he was going bald. Really? Mm. Yeah, well, he didn't yeah. want to do it anymore. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, you grow out of Blue's Clues, like, and cares? that's the spookiest thing of all: <laughs> male pattern baldness. <laughs> <laughs> so now we've mentioned this a little bit already, but uh, now on to something uh, which has a, a lot of degrees of truth to it, uh, but also some um, examples of pareidolia. Um, what pareidolia? What's that? Which is. Um, the brain's tendency to recognize patterns in meaningless data. Oh. Um, I thought it was when you thought your doilies were going to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> Very funny. Um, so, backmasking. This is when a um, when you play a song backwards and either because it's planted there or just due to coincidental phonetic reversal, uh, you can hear some kind of message often um satanic in nature or mm. like claim to be satanic in nature and so this is but dated back for a long time especially um it was really big in like the 70s and 80s um you know when there's like the the church and stuff were really big mm. but and also it's really easy because all the music was on vinyl to just like spin it backwards um and then when cds became the big thing it kind of died down because it's harder to play that music backwards um but then, obviously, by, like, the end of the night, like, so it was the early 90s when CDs, like, you know, were big. But then late 90s when digital music was a thing, it was very easy to play it back because, again, um, and so it kind of, you know. Came back. Came back. Um, so, uh, the one of the, a few of the most famous cases, and some of these will play to you. Um, so, uh, but one example of this actually, like, you know, becoming a, a proper thing is uh, in 1990, British heavy metal band Judas Priest was sued um, because a two fans um, made a suicide pact um, and, you know, killed themselves. Um, so the lawsuit uh, by their families claimed that the 1978 Judas Priest album Stained Class contained hidden messages, including the forward subliminal words Do It in the song Better By You, Better Than Me, uh, which is a cover of a song by Spooky Tooth. Mm. Mm, spooky and um various backwards subliminal messages i don't have any of them to play but it's just like you know these are all baseless claims kind of thing um the case was dismissed by the judge for insufficient evidence of judas priest's placement of subliminal messages on the record and the judge's ruling stated that the scientific research presented does not establish that subliminal stimuli even if perceived may precipitate conduct of this magnitude there exist other factors which explain the conduct of the deceased independent of the subliminal stimuli. That That is an interesting point, because if you hear something said backwards, does that stay in your brain? Yeah. And do you like, reverse do, do it you in your brain? Yeah, I don't think your brain has the capacity to do that. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Jewish priest members um, commented that if they wanted to insert subliminal commands in their music, messages leading to the deaths of their fans would be counterproductive, and they would prefer to insert the command, buy more of our records. Ha! Huh. 
Which is true. I yeah. mean, like, like, how does it... I mean, unless it's, it's the whole cult of personality thing. Judas Priest wants to be that cool band that kills their fans. Mm. Um, but, yeah, no. Um, okay, so I have got um, some examples to play you, and we'll see what we, what we think. Yeah. Um, so, one of the most famous ones, and this one, um, you know, the church, like, organized, like, record burnings and stuff like that. I say the church, but, you know, they're, like, you, you know what I mean. Um, mm-hmm. Religious groups. Um, so, this is a segment from um, Led Zeppelin's Stairway to Heaven. So um, we, we were not allowed to listen to this song in my house growing up. Really? I've never really heard it properly because of that. Because <laughs> by the time I was allowed to listen to whatever I wanted to, I didn't give a shit about Led Zeppelin. <laughs> um, okay, so, uh, here it goes. So that's the forward version. So that's just um, mm-hmm. the second verse of Stairway to Heaven. I can barely understand the forward version. Okay, so I'll, I'll read out what, what it said there. Is, um, if there's a bustle in your hedgerow, don't be alarmed now. It's just a spring clean for the May Queen. Yes, there are two paths you can go by, but in the long run, there's still time to change the road you're on. Now, um, listen very carefully, and I want to hear... Jess, because AJ and I think both know what it says, okay. or like a rough idea anyway. Um, so I want to know if you can hear anything in this. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. I oh, think man. I think there were like, two. Like I won't spoil what it says. There were two words that stood out. Okay, yeah. I hear it, man. Yeah. I hear it. <laughs> uh, what did you What did you hear, Jess? At uh, near the beginning, I heard something, something, wish, something, 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 mm-hmm. and then in the middle, I quite there was quite clearly like a Satan. All right. Do you want? So here's what it says. Okay. And so um. I don't know, like, should we play it again, like, we knowing just, what it yeah, says? Tell me what it is, okay. and then play it again. Um, so, it goes, um, oh, here's to my sweet Satan, the one whose little pa- path would make me sad, whose power is Satan. He'll give those with him, 666. There was a little tool shed where he made us suffer, sad Satan. That is oh, so creepy, man. I'm gonna, can, I, can I read the words along as you play it again? Uh, yeah. Oh, here's to my sweet Satan. The one who's on the path of the path would make me sad, whose power is Satan. He'll give those with him 666. There was a little tool shed where he made us suffer. Sad, sad. Okay, having heard it a second time, Jess, what do you think? Without reading along with the words, I still wouldn't be able to hear it. But reading, yeah. reading along with it... Um, I can make it out, but still very dubious. I I hear "Oh, here's to my sweet Satan," clear as day. The, the, yeah. like, the Satan bit is like really clear. I hear it clear as day, um, but I do not hear any. And it's so specific what they're like talking about tool sheds and shit. Yeah. yeah, it's one of those things. Like you, you, yeah, if you look into it, they go well in the Bible. It references this. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Shit, like. Um, and 
I remember I had a friend who was real into Led Zeppelin when I was 12. And, you know, I remember he like played the song at my house once and my parents told him to turn it off. That kind of shit. And then one day we're hanging out and I had, I had, I'd like got a microphone and I was like recording stuff to my computer and he was like, oh, give me a try. And he just did the lyrics to mm. the Ford ways, the foot, like if there's a bushel in your hedgerow, there's a bustle in your hedgerow, a bustle yeah. in your hedgerow and then reversed it. And it was the same thing. I could yeah, hear my friend saying, yeah. here's to my sweet Satan. It's just what it sounds like backwards. Yeah. So that's mm. um, debunking backmasking, but it w- we've got a few more examples. Th- that- that's the longest, the most intricate one. Um, so I mentioned earlier um, here are the Paul is dead theory. So um, here's uh, Revolution Nine by the Beatles forwards. I love uh, this one, dude. Oh my gosh, this is my favorite one, dude. Number nine, number nine, number. So they're just nine, saying number nine over and over nine, again. It's weird. Nine, it's creepier nine. forward, yeah. Number nine, number nine, number nine. And then so backwards, um, I'll just tell you what it says. Uh, you should be hearing, turn me on, dead man. But I can hear it. But not in a way that's... Make me want to kill myself. (laughs) And also, what does turn me on dead man even mean? It's not even that. Yeah, well, because Paul was dead. Um, So, like, this is one of those things that, like, it's so silly, but I would get... (laughs) I would get creeped out listening to this, like at night. And I used to, I used to read. There's another um, little thing that I used to always do when I was a kid. I would read, um, like, just brain teasers. I used to just love like reading brain teasers, and that was one of the things that, like, um, if in the past I've somehow convinced you that I'm real good at brain teasers. Um, I like I'm not bad at them, but I just know like all of them. Just memorize all of them. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, but um, a lot of them, there was one website specifically that I went to that um, they, they'd have them at different levels and it was like easy, medium and hard. And 90% of them were about people dying. And so it was like, you know, a body is found in the corner like this and, and, and this is here and it's and you have to work out how they died. And I remember specifically one night like reading those and just having to go like watch TV with my parents because I was just like creeped out and i just like went and sat between them because i was just like it was just too much no i know what you mean it's i get got the same with um optical illusions like when you when you yeah you you know the the two the the two faces that's supposed to look like a chess piece but it's actually two faces looking at each other like a vase yeah 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 Yeah. when i first saw that i didn't like freak out or anything but i was like you know, like it's a bit scary, and it's the <laughs> yeah, same. They just make you uneasy. Yeah. yeah, it's the same thing with backmasking. Same with like, um, like yeah, we're talking about how all this stuff is probably not true. And if you record yourself saying number nine, number nine, and rewind it, it probably sounds like "Turn Me On, Dead Man," which isn't even what it sounds like he's saying. But mm. it's like the Mandela effect, where it's like I get that it's bullshit, but it's still so cool it's and interesting. From, yeah, it's par- it's paradoxia. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's, if you're looking for something, you can find it. Um, Jess, did you have anything that spooked you as a kid? Nothing nothing similar to that. There's only one thing that really sticks out is something that terrified me to my core yeah. as a child. And um, I read quite a lot of books, and um, there was one that had illustrations in it, and it's called Beyond the Deep Woods. Yeah. And there's a monster in it called the 
oh, fuck, I can't even remember what it's called, but yeah. it, it's like the most horrific illustration you'll see in your life. Really? And I can still remember it. Creepy. Yeah. I was real scared. Of, I was always really scared of um, uh, loud noises. Oh, like, your loud ears. Yeah, my loud ears. Um, <laughs> I used to have really sensitive ears, really sensitive hearing, and I referred to them as my loud ears. So when you, a loud sound would hurt my ears, I would say it's hurting my loud ears. Is Beyond the Deep Woods, is this the, the Edge Chronicles? Uh, I think so. If the map remember, of it is like floating yeah, yeah. cities. Yeah, yeah. I remember my brother read these. Um, I can't find the specific mod. There's like a bear thing, but that's not that scary. I can't imagine no, that's the one you're scared like- of. <laughs> you fucking pussy. <laughs> yeah, I remember I found, my brother I reading this. I found the photo. I found the photo. Oh. What? Um, what is- oh, it's called the it's called the Gloam Glosser. This is what it looks like, Richard. Oh, that is creepy. It, 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 it looks like creepy. it looks like what? it's like a, it's like a dragon Imagine crossed with a dementor. The demon would look like. Yeah, it's got horns and it's got creepy, ah, yeah. creepy, creepy, creepy. Very cool. Well, anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, thank you for that um, insight into each of our childhoods. Um, let us know what scared you as a kid. Um, so um, they're not all scary though. Ooh. Some of them, um, some of them are funny. Some of them are suggestive like this next one um so this is uh britney spears's baby one more time and this one i guess i want to see if you can um tell us what you hear in it so right. it's a very quick uh quick clip of the song and then it'll play backwards and i want to hear what you think it says what did you hear jess <laughs> Something, something with you. Um, again? Can I hear it again? Yep. No, no idea. Can I do Would it? you believe? Can I tell her? Yeah. So it's, give me a sign. Sleep with me. I'm not too young. <laughs> well, it's not that. That's not the rhythm of it. But he, that is what the. Uh, it's yeah. It's sleep with me. I'm not too young. Yeah, yeah. All right. Do you want to hear it one more time? Yeah. Knowing yep. that. So of course she was like uh, sixteen when this song came such out. Such a stretch. Um, Mm. But yeah, so um, again, not all the examples are, um, you know, examples of uh, pareidolia. If I'm saying that wrong, please let me know. Um, pareidolia. 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 Oh, yeah, it's probably do- dolia. Anyway, um, there are some like um, proper examples of messages pl- put into a song. So um, here's one. Uh, this is from Weird Al's, uh, Weird Al Yankovic's uh, Nature Trail to Hell. <laughs> So <laughs> forwards, it's indistinguishable gibberish. And then you play it backwards because it's clearly someone speaking backwards. And then you play it backwards and it's um, Satan eats cheese whiz. So it's, ta- it's taking the piss out of um, backmasking satanic yeah. messages. Mm. And then another example of this um, is from Pink Floyd's Empty Spaces. Oh, I love this one. Um, so good. 
Sweet. So again, it's like you hear just unintelligible stuff, but then you listen closely. That is, again, it's unintelligible forwards, but it's um, congratulations. You have found the secret message. Please send your answer to Old Pink, care of Funny Farm, Shelfond. Have you heard there's another Weird Al one? Have you got that on here? Uh, I don't, but... There's another Weird Al one in the song um, uh, I'll Never Forget About Larry, I think it's called. Mm. him going uh wow you must have an awful lot of free time on your hands <laughs> yeah. when you rewind it in the simpsons the simpsons um references back masking as well in the episode where mm-hmm. paul mccartney guest stars they have um they talk about um like hidden messages in the back and he's like yeah if you play maybe i'm amazed backwards it's a recipe for a riffer lentil soup <laughs> Yeah. And um and then they play Maybe I'm Amazed over the credits, but if you take that version and reverse it, it's got a um it's got that underneath <laughs> it. it. Yeah. Amazing. I mean and then there's called th- there's Uvon Etniage from The Simpsons yeah. Yeah, exactly. Join the Navy. When I was in year nine, I did my speech on subliminal messages. Nice. And like it was it was so much fun to do. And at one point I just started talking about the nice refreshing taste of Coca Cola. <laughs> like that. And I just put messages in the actual That's awesome. speech. That was fun. Um and again, here's um, one of my favorites. Um, this one is like, it's a coincidental one, but it's too good to not be, um, like to almost not be intentional. So this is from um, Eminem's Real Slim Shady. Actually, no, it's okay. from <laughs> my name is. My name is. So did you hear it is slim? It's seminim. It's seminim. <laughs> no, the only part I got was the repetition, which I thought was saying see me now. Mm. It probably is saying nothing. But also, um, and finally, this is the last one, and this I put in um, specifically for you, AJ. So if you skip it here, uh, skip to the next one. Um, you know, just because they were put there intentionally doesn't mean they're not creepy. This is from Electric Light Orchestra's Fire on High. The music is reversible, but time. Turn back. Turn back. Turn back. Turn back. Oh, I'm glad we're recording this podcast during the daytime. (laughs) (laughs) That's so spooky, man. Turn back. Turn back. I love that one. 
um the the funniest i think the height of backmasking hysteria in like 2004 or 5 when i was a, a teenager as obsessed with it as i heard that there was a subliminal uh, backmasking message in fruit salad by the wiggles yummy yummy <laughs> Yeah, fruit salad, yummy, yummy, and people. I watched like a YouTube video on how it says, uh, "The last Smurf eats mahi mahi," which is a, a Hawaiian fish. <laughs> and I was like, "Why would they put that in there? Oh my gosh, that's so scary!" And I, I can play. I'll, pl- I'll put it in the episode. I'll put it in the episode now. Fruit salad, yummy, yummy. Fruit salad, yummy, yummy. Fruit salad. Yummy, 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 yummy fruit salad. What's funny about it is that not only is it clearly just that's what the lyrics yeah. sound like backwards, but if you spell it. It's Dallas Smurf is fruit salad backwards. Because <laughs> it goes, because Ford, as, as you would have just heard in the episode, it goes, fruit salad, yummy, yummy. And backwards, it's Dallas Smurfy, my, my. <laughs> so, of course, it sounds like that. That's just what fruit salad, yummy, yummy sounds like backwards. That's so funny. Yeah. Um, right. Well, that's all I've got for Urban Legends, but. Um, I get there's there's plenty more uh, where that came mm-hmm. from, and um, uh, but I've got some some spoopy fan theories now. <gasps> Hell yeah! Um, so almost every fucking um piece of media ever made has a theory that they're all dead. So I've mm. tried not to just find those, but there's one or two that are like, you know, too uh, um well known to not address. It's they they are the the like brick and mortar of of movie fan theories. Yeah, they're too popular. It's the easiest one to come up with. Yeah, yeah. is that they were dead the whole time? Um, like the Harry Potter one, where it's like yeah. dead the whole time is currently my Instagram username. If anybody wants to look me up, <laughs> just for um, Halloween. So, um, uh, these a couple of these I'm just going to read straight from the fan theory subreddit because that's where a lot of them come from. Um, mm-hmm. You might see them on other places of the internet, but nine nine, nine times out of ten, um, they originated from a Reddit post. And did you ever go to shitty fan theories? Yeah, on I, I love shitty fan theories. Dude. My favorite one was when someone posted that Bruce Wayne is Batman, and that was their shitty. Fa- they had like all this proof that Bruce Wayne was Batman, and then someone replied to it with Bruce Wayne isn't Batman, and the reply to that was now this is a shitty fan theory. <laughs> <laughs> Just look look at the the top post on shitty fan theories, just so you know, mm-hmm. is um, Kanye West is Harry Potter, and it's highlighted a passage from the book that says, sorry to disappoint you and all that, but the greatest wizard in the world is Albus Dumbledore. <laughs> <laughs> there's also a, a very, I, I started to like copy this down, but it's very long, but there's a theory that um, Hermione's only in love with um, Ron because of the Imperius curse. Because we see him oh. perform it like very easily, and it's like, oh, has he been practicing? Kind of thing. Because mm. mm. it's supposed to be, you know, those three curses are supposed yeah. to be very hard to to do. Mm. Um, okie dokie. Um, so, uh, Spirited Away is about child mm. sex slavery. Oh shit! Tell me this. So this is um, Miyazaki's. Um, Hi, Miyazaki's opus, um, Spirited Away. So 
there's um a few different kind of things in this um apparently like if you've seen spirited away you'll realize like these uh things were no accident mm-hmm. so here's um I've, I've pulled up a website um which has um some you know what you're supposed to take from the film apparently um so the story begins when the father of our protagonist uh, insists on driving a different way they find themselves in a magical world where uh, chihiro is separated from her parents they then transformed into pigs when they eat food that doesn't belong to them and chihiro is forced to work in the bathhouse now here's our first clue when she begins uh work at the bathhouse a a witch named yubaba gives her a new name this is a common practice among prostitutes in japan many of whom change their names to a uh to a nickname (laughs) uh try and pronounce the japanese word um the name chihiro is given as sin which um the the kanji character for it um is the character for 1,000, possibly showing her worth as a prostitute, 1,000 yen. Mm. Mm. Therefore, the bathhouse is rumoured to be a metaphor for a brothel. Um, and then... That's that's not even that below the surface. Like, that's... Yeah, that's pretty... I could believe that, yeah. These, these, these are the results of the best fan theories. They do make you say stuff like that. Yeah. Um, like, Surely so- this is intentional. In the film, um, she's hired as a Yuna, which is um, an absolute Yuna, <laughs> um, uh, which is um, the word for a woman who works in the bathhouse to bathe and massage clients, uh, basically as a bathhouse prostitute. Uh, you may notice that all the gods who visit are Ogami, or male gods, further suggesting the sexual side of the metaphor. We also see uh-huh. Yubaba, the owner of the bathhouse, dressed in a very Western style and looking far more stylish and glamorous than anyone else at the bathhouse. This may be indicative of the fact that she, she is taking much more money from the enterprise than She's she should. She's a pimp. Yeah. Holy shit. The whole reason, um, and this is the, the, the third part of it, I guess, uh, the whole reason she ends up working at the bathhouse in the first place is because of her parents' mistakes. Her father and mother are transformed into pigs after feasting on food that isn't theirs. This has been theorized to show that a debt is owed. Therefore, many believe that Chihiro is pretty much sold to the bathhouse by her parents to repay this debt. When they are reunited at the end, it shows that Chihiro has worked off the debt that was previously owed to the witch, the owner of the bathhouse. Although this theory is popular among fans, Studio Ghibli has never released an official statement on whether it is true or simply fans coming up with the theories. However, Hayao Miyazaki, the screenwriter and animator of Spirit Away, has all but confirmed it in interviews. I don't have a source on that. I don't think they have a source either. Um, when he said that he believed the best way to show Japanese society in the sex industry was through film. So, it may be that the fans have got it right this time. Mm-hmm. Um, have, there's also... Yeah, I believe it. Yeah, what do you guys think? Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Yeah, no, I like. I really like that. I think that's that's a really interesting take on that film. I mean, the metaphor it only follows like the kind of fringes of that story. You mm-hmm. know, like I don't understand what the rest of the the stuff that happens after she gets to the bathhouse, what that necessarily has to do with. Um, child sex slavery but maybe it doesn't but yeah yeah so th- there's a Very famous like um tumblr post of like the shot where she's offered a bunch of gold 
and it mm-hmm. says, I don't want it, I don't need it. And then um, someone replied and was like, this scene is even more creepy when you realize Spirited Away was a metaphor for the sex industry in Japan. And then someone's yeah. like, oh, for fuck's sake. No, it wasn't, you jackasses. <laughs> Totoro's about you? dead girls. Spirited Away is about sex. You know what I hear? Maybe if I make up something that sounds smart, people will think I'm smart, even if it's a complete fucking lie. Hayao Miyazaki is a man of values. He's a man who believes in the innocence of childhood and has a wonderful imagination. He believes in simplicity, kindness, the beauty of nature, and the old ways. He draws on these beliefs and his personal experiences when he makes movies. Spirited Away was made for some friends of Miyazaki, specifically the 10-year-old daughters of some friends he decided he invited to stay at his vacation home. It is fairly common for Miyazaki to decide that he's going to make movies targeted at a specific age group. Ponyo is for five-year-olds. Spirited Away is meant for 10-year-old girls, but it's enjoyed by a much wider audience. I repeat, Spirited Away was made for 10-year-old girls. The bathhouse, not a brothel. Based on a bathhouse in his hometown, which he thought was a place of mystery and wonder when he was a kid. That scene where the bathhouse staff has to clean the polluted river spirit. Based on Miyazaki's own experiences of a town coming together to clean up a river. This scene, it's about Chihiro not being greedy because Chihiro is a positive role model for 10-year-old girls. The themes of Spirited Away are courage, strength of character, and individuality, especially individuality that thing where Yubaba takes away people's names and changes their species that's her taking away their individuality Chihiro's parents are now pigs not people Haku's name has been shortened so he forgets who he is when Yubaba changes Chihiro's name the only kanji she leaves spells out sen the Japanese word for 1000 meaning Chihiro is just another pawn if Yubaba is not her own person you want to seem cool and intelligent talk about the movie's actual themes don't make up the shock value bullshit for attention you stupid motherfucker I mean I disagree with that that person i think you can interpret it whatever way you want um including their interpretation but i and also just because miyazaki is like like believes in the innocence of children or whatever that it's not a glorification of of sex slavery <laughs> it's not like he's saying it's a good thing so interesting that someone would be that angry at someone else's like i get i get being angry at like an interpretation that's baseless, but this isn't a baseless one. There is enough in there to enjoy and to to read into. Also, death of the author, you know, maybe maybe that's where it comes from. No, I think it's a really good theory. I think there's probably some basis behind it. Hmm. And yeah, I sort of agree with AJ in that, you know, you can have your own theories. Don't slam other people's just because they're trying to read more into, you know, yeah. a piece of media yeah. and make it more interesting. Yeah. But at the same time, I do um like yeah. the, the whole thing of like, this like sweet innocent little kids movie and they'd be like it's actually about sex slavery and so just just enjoy the film you know yeah but you can still enjoy it it's my interpretation if your way of enjoying the film is to make something bigger is to think about child sex slavery yeah because like you know the old (laughs) joke about how like (laughs) you know you know the old joke about how english teachers make a bigger deal out of novels than what the yeah, author the blue curtains, yeah, yeah blue curtains i i love that shit like i i loved film study i loved learning like everyone's like oh i can't watch fucking the princess bride anymore because i studied it in english i can't watch juno anymore mm. i i enjoy great. i enjoy movies more when studying them you know like yeah and it's it changes the way you look at cinema as well as soon as you start breaking it down like that like i remember i had mm. this one english teacher and she was dope and she used to do that stuff all the time you know as you're supposed to as an english teacher it completely changes the way that you yeah you like, know when, media yeah when i've had a good teacher and it's been like a, a deep movie kind of thing i've really enjoyed it but you're studying juno for a term it's like what a i i, I do not juno. i don't like that movie to begin with i watched and i was like what the fuck is this like 
hipster bullshit dialogue and then like we have to analyze like how it's so like accurate to how kids talk and like be told like you know um silencio old man is like that's so like diablo cody is like really tapped into like young kids and it's like the most foreign insulting version of a child and very i very brave I of your english teacher to to pick that aspect of judo to teach mm. a high school class about um but yeah i remember having to watch we watched the first eight minutes like on repeat one one class for some reason to, to try and pick up new things each time like anyway i just got so sick of that movie and like the first time i watched it, i was like eh, I don't really see what all the fuss is about. I don't really like this movie that much. And then, guess what? We're studying it. Um, anyway. That's the scariest thing, is, is watching movies on repeat. That's the spookiest thing. Yeah. Mm. You had Juno. I feel like I had a worse film. What did you have? I had uh, Crash. Crash. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I had Crash in year 13. That. We should be saying this with torches under our chins around the campfire. <laughs> and then my year 13 English teacher made a study crash for film studies <laughs> i did remember the titans which is a movie i would never appreciate if i didn't study it <laughs> um we did princess bride in year nine i oh, think that would be fun um did v for vendetta that was cool we did um the constant gardener which was cool um well because that's directed by fernando morales who's like actually like a real good director um and what else we did perceive happiness i think at one point um nice. and one person got real angry about what about watching perceived happiness saying like oh why the fuck like should we give a shit about like like stuff like this happens all the time so why why should we care about when it happens to this one character and it's like what did that person grow up to wow. be a sociopath <laughs> no they're actually just about to have a child being, um, <laughs> being so yes <laughs> being incon- being inconsiderate about your fellow man is the spookiest thing okay so anyway here's another spooky fan theory Mm. um you guys know aladdin right yeah well what if i told you it took place after the apocalypse i love this one the distant future this one's great uh in one scene (laughs) this is i love the ones that are just like this one line of dialogue doesn't make sense (laughs) um so in one scene genie calls owl's clothes so third century um so genie was trapped for ten thousand years so there's no way he could know of the fashion trends which have happened whilst he was in the lamp um which means that the latest the genie could have been trapped in the lamp during the third century, uh, at the latest he could have been trapped in the lamp during the third century, if he spent 10,000 years in there, it is now at least the year 10,300 AD. Um, <laughs> conclusion. <laughs> After two sentences, the conclusion. Aladdin takes place in the future, a post-apocalyptic future where only Arabic and some Greek cultures survived. It has been so long that the, that the name Arabia has been corrupted to Agrabah. The Muslim religion has atrophied to the point where there are no mosques, imams, or prayer maps, but people still give praise to Allah in moments of um, happiness. Amazing technological marvels left behind by the previous civilization, like flying carpets or genetically engineered parrots, can now comprehend human speech instead of can now comprehend human speech instead of mimicking it are taken for granted by locals or considered magic this uh also um allows the genie to make impressions of um ancient long dead celebrities like groucho marx jake nicholson or arnold schwarzenegger yeah Hmm. i love it i like that one i that's how i read aladdin now when i watch it it's like i imagine it in a post-apocalypse have you heard that before jess no i've actually never heard of that one before no 
It's pretty good. I enjoyed it. Is that how you're going to see Aladdin now? Yes. I probably won't watch it for a while, though. Because oh. the remake ruined it? It was real bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, so here's one that I actually hadn't seen before. Um, so this is that the Smurfs eat Mahi Mahina. Um, the last one? No. Um, so the Smurfs are white supremacists. Um, <laughs> That's or more the spookiest thing. More accurately, blue supremacists. Um, so the theory goes that the lovable Smurfs are actually a racist Nazi-like faction due to their pointed white hats mm-hmm. and the fact that their leader wears a pointed red hat. <laughs> Oh which my is God. in the KKK. Yeah. Um, their villain Gargamel is a money-loving, big-nosed, dark-haired... Oh, God. <laughs> um, yeah, this is, this is legit. ...whose cat is called Azrael, which is the name of the angel of death in Jewish tradition. Um, it's also been pointed out that the first comic strip, The Black Smurfs, was intimately concerned with what you might classify as a racial threat. Because in that uh, strip, the Smurfs are sick. And when they're sick, they don't turn purple or red or anything like that. They become black. And when they become black, they lose all trace of intelligence. This is, no, of course. The guy who wrote the Smurfs yeah. would have just been a racist person, I think. <laughs> yeah. So that's a new fun reading on the Smurfs. Spooky. Spooky. Uh, well, okay, here's one that's like... Again, I feel like we have to, um, uh, because it's such a famous one, I think it's stupid. But this is called the Rugrats Theory. <gasps> I love this Famous. One. This is that the Rugrats were really a figment of Angelic Angelica's demonic and unimaginable imagination. Unimaginable. Yeah. <laughs> so her, her imagination is something we cannot imagine. We can't, we can't yeah. imagine. We can't wow. fathom it. That is terrifying. Um, okay, so... Um, so this is the theory is that they all you know they, they were all kids that died somehow so chucky died in 1986 along with his mother that's why Chaz is a nervous wreck all the time tommy was born in 1988 but he was stillborn that's why Stu is constantly in the basement making toys for the son who never had a chance to live the devils had an abortion in 1990 angelica couldn't figure out whether it would be a boy or a girl thus creating the twins and then it goes on to be that um and all grown up <laughs> she um became addicted to various narcotics which aggravated her schizophrenia and then she like you know these people that they followed her etc um and she died of an overdose at age 13 when all grown up was cancelled um wow so um they also this, this is the interesting part as well and that the only regret not to be fictional was tom uh was unborn tommy's brother dill however angelica didn't know the difference between dill and her creations although dill didn't follow her commands um and so that, that's why he like doesn't talk because she actually can't understand babies but the other ones you know I, yeah. it's part of your imagination that's that feels like the only legitimate like piece of intrigue in this whole theory is that part well that's the, like when you're when you're sitting around being like oh what if the rugrats are all dead that's why when you go oh and like you come up with a reason yeah. for something yeah, yeah. in the show you things, know? things like tommy died and that's why Stu is constantly inventing toys for his son that never got a chance to live it's like okay that's not what everyone's gonna do when their kid dies yeah 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 i like it i remember reading this ages ago yeah. ages ages ago Look, I know I just shed on the guy for saying 
that Spirited Away wasn't about sex slavery, but I fucking hate this theory. I think it's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> well, AJ, Jess likes it, yeah. and I Death of the Author. Death of the <laughs> Author! That's the, that's, that should be a name for a horror movie, Death of the Author. It's about, a, it's about an author good. whose characters come to life and kill him. Um, all, all the shitty fan theories actually end up being true. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Um, so here's a couple of dark ones about um, Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. Doc Brown from Back to the Future mm-hmm. is suicidal and he wants to take Marty with him. <laughs> so this is uh, referring to, and Back to the Future, um, fans have wondered for years what chain of events would lead Marty and Doc Brown to become friends. Uh, and Doc's initial test of his time machine leaves many fans wondering if there might be something sinister lurking underneath the surface in their relationship. Oh. In the movie, audiences learned that even as far back as 1955, Doc's career as an inventor is hardly taking off. A string of unsuccessful inventions have to leave Doc Brown, jaded and alone, 30 years later in 1985, having befriended Marty, Doc tests his time machine for the first time by driving it directly towards them. Um, When Marty attempts to get out of the way of the speeding car racing towards them, Doc forces him to stay on the spot. If this is truly the first test of the time machine, though, and Doc's never successfully invented anything before, (laughs) some fans suggest that this is a last-ditched attempt from Doc to either prove his invention works or die without having to face one last failure. The fact that his intent to take Marty with him casts a new light on his relationship with the teenager, suggesting that Doc's relationship with Marty is hardly sunny. This is a strange moment in the movie. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the taking Marty with him thing is is weird, but I I would believe that he's willing to die if this doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. So why is he taking Marty with him? Is it because, like, he... Yeah, that's that's an interesting wrinkle in in this theory. Yeah. Is he just is he just crazy and is he just like so depressed that he's like I'm gonna take the world down with me? Mm. Well, are you ready yeah, for a yeah, more a, to go deeper into Back to the Future? So here's another theory, another dark theory, another probably darker theory. Well, it depends on how you look at it. Um, so this is that in the original timeline before Marty goes back in time, is that um, Lorraine was actually well, okay. Oh, I think I've read this one. So uh, there's in Back to the Future. Do we need a trigger warning? Trigger warning. Um, that, so we're talking about, um, about trigger warning for that... any of the wonderful things you can be triggered by. What will <laughs> it be? Only one way to find out. Here we go. <laughs> um, okay, so um, there's a scene where Lorraine is, ends up in the parked car with Biff, who tries to make a move on her, essentially, um, non-consensually. And um, this theory goes that Essentially, he raped her in the original timeline, and then because because we kind of led to believe that Biff coming to that car only happens because Marty went back to the past. Yeah. Um, but this is saying that actually did happen all the time in the original timeline. In the original timeline, and then afterwards she went and was consoled by George, and they shared their first kiss. Um, so this story's about when we first see Lorraine, she's an alcoholic, depressed woman trying to make it through the day. She may have been repressed sexually. She clearly has some trauma around dating and boys because she won't let her daughter even talk to a boy, let alone date. She doesn't like Marty's girl because she represents the type of girl she was before the incident with Biff and is, um, yeah. So um, they, they they start at the, at the breakfast table. They're talking about... Um, about the night they first kissed. And um, she brings up the dance as she pours herself a drink of straight vodka um, remembering the night. Um, she tells that she remembers the only positive part of the night, the kiss she had with George, a man too feeble and weak to do anything like Biff, uh, like, you know, take down Biff like he does after meeting with Marty. Mm. Um, 
Also, original timeline, Lorraine is never seen in the same scene as original timeline. Biff, after the dance, um, when Biff arrives at the house um, after school with the car busted up, George, um, who works, um, and the children are all home, but Lorraine is not. Biff laughs and says, say hi to your mother for me, leaving before leaving, rubbing salt into the old wound. Yeah, that's so, yeah. very creepy. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of yeah. buy that, though. That makes a lot yeah, of sense. Like, the, the, like, yeah, the pouring the vodka before she can tell the story of the night. It's very like this. It's, it's you know, mm. I'd almost see this as like a hidden detail in the movie rather than like a fan theory. Wow! All these years later, we're still finding Twin Pines Mall esque uh, <laughs> references. So I've only got a couple more. I've got uh, one more serious one. There, I've got my own fan theory, and you guys can oh. give some of yours as well. And then I've got a real silly one to end on. This one is uh, for Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Um, that's for the, the, the movie, I guess, because the book's called Charlie, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. This is a theory that Wonka actually did punish Charlie for um, stealing the, the fizzy soda. Um, owning and running the Chocolate Factory was clearly not a positive experience for Willy Wonka. Took a very obvious toll on his mental health and made him basically unable to interact with other people. The trials he laid out was to see if the potential kids could take care of the factory. Augustus Gloop proved he would either eat or contaminate the product. Uh, Violet couldn't follow rules and let her own temptations disqualify her. Uh, Veruca was just mean and couldn't get along with the workers, the squirrels. And Mike basically failed for the same set of reasons as Violet did. Um, All of these kids would probably either ruin the factory or sell it for cash, but Charlie was the only one just gullible enough and innocent enough to take care of the factory and follow the rules forever. And Wonka saw that he was the only one suitable to push this hellish existence on. (laughs) He'll be fine in the near future when his family is alive but when they're all eventually gone he'll likely realize wonka's factory was never a reward at all wow deep i don't yeah, know if that's as much... a chocolate factory eh? that's not that's as not much a fan a... yeah that's not a fan theory it's just continuation yeah continue the franchise it's just <laughs> yeah it's just it's just a, a thought i think you know a, a thought process basically yeah do you do you guys have any fan theories that you want to reveal the ones that you've come up with uh, i think it's possible that michael jackson's still alive Really? Yeah, I think this is less of a fan theory and more of a conspiracy theory. Um, but <laughs> I had I had an idea years and years ago that um, when he died, there was like, for a wee while afterwards, there was all kinds of like, you know, you saw a shadow in, in a video of Neverland Ranch and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And like one of the paramedics, you know, had long black hair and you can't see his face and um, stuff like that. And... It makes sense that Michael Jackson would want out of the spotlight at that time in his life. Mm. And it also... Well, but he was just about to do the tour. Yeah, exactly. So, leave... He didn't want to do the tour. No, it's not that he didn't want it. He wanted to um, die as the musical legend people remembered him to be and not the probable pedophile that had come to the, you know, the reputation he'd gained in recent years. And so, he died at, at a time when people were wanting him um and he died a hero rather than living long enough to see himself become the villain exactly and uh because he's theatrical he left hints that his ghost is haunting neverland like it's such a michael jackson thing to do to want to to make people think that your ghost is haunting you know it's it's the whole cult personality thing same with paul is dead and stuff yeah like i think um farrah fawcett faked her death mm. She died the same day as Michael Jackson. She killed Michael Jackson. Do you know that when I found out that Michael Jackson died, I was on a bus trip to a month-long 
camp that my school made us do where you couldn't have a phones. Month long, camp. month long, no technology. The um, fuck? What and the hell? You had to live in like, this is the spookiest thing we've talked about. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, yeah, um, it's in, it was in like Fakatane, like in the bush. And we just did hikes all day, every day. Um, it was pretty fun. But yeah, and we fa- I found out on the bus ride to that camp so we found out that michael jackson died and then had no access to technology to find out anything about it for a month wow i've never heard of a school doing a month-long camping trip with zero communication with the outside world this is very scary i thought they wouldn't do that anymore no i feel like it still exists i went i've never heard of anything like that posh school remember so they did wow weird shit like even like a month-long camp I've never heard of. A camp where you get your phone taken away from you I've never heard of. <laughs> but That's it, creepy. Yeah. It's like it's supposed to teach all the like all the day girls basically all had, you know, housekeepers and stuff. So it's to teach them how to like make their own beds and look after themselves and be self-sustainable. But yeah. When you say day girls, because this was a boarding school, right? And so yeah. day girls are ones that didn't board. They didn't board. Yeah. So the day girls are the ones that got like modicoddled their entire lives. Yeah. And then the borders were just us farmies that came down. Like, hey. <laughs> they had nowhere to live, so you're like, oh, fuck, I'll go to the school. <laughs> go to school. Yeah. The day girls. It sounds like there are hierarchies. Uh, it sounds sure, like, sure. It sounds like it's um, this, like part of the sex industry. <laughs> the oh day god. girls. Oh, my God. Just from Colt Popsha's backstory as a metaphor for the sex industry <laughs> in Japan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let us know your cult popsha fan theories. Yeah, what are people's oh, fan Jess theories? Jess was going to try and come. I was, up with I one. was going to pitch one. Um, the one that I was okay. going to pitch is that um, Richard and AJ is just one person that has split personality syndrome. So um, <laughs> he, this one person, the culmination of you two, just records everything twice and fills in the gaps. Yeah. Just having wow. conversations with himself. Yeah. 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 Um, and we're, we're so uncreative that we just look the same. You just look exactly we're, the same. We're, we're the same the, looking person. The, just that and, aspect ratio yeah. a little bit off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so the, the – but the uncreativity flows into the fact that um, we can't make movies. We just talk about them. <laughs> it's like we, we can't come up with our own ideas. We just talk about other people's ideas. So that's why we look the same. So I, um, my fan theories, I had one, which was, which came true. Um, I had a fan theory that Stan Lee would die between Avengers three and four. Um, okay. And they actually happened. I don't, these are fan theories, but all right. That's more of a grim prediction than a fan. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I don't think I ever, I, I remember telling people, but I don't think I ever recorded me saying that before it happened. Um, mm-hmm. But my fan theory, again, not a fan theory, a grim prediction. Um, I think Mark Hamill has Parkinson's. Oh my god! Watch watch interviews with Mark Hamill and like mark my words, this is going to come out in the next like five years. Watch watch interviews with him, and he he's he's very um like shaky. And, and like so, like sometimes it's really some interviews you watch it it's really bad sometimes it's just a hand or just a leg which I've seen Mark, Michael J Fox talk about um, you know you know being able to isolate and that's kind of how he sleeps he kind of just is able to work it down so it's like just a, just a foot or something like that is the the like is, is the twitch um, but yeah, I think Mark Hamill I think it's like it's one of those things where like it makes sense for. 
like you know the the, the lead actor from Star Wars to like right, and the yeah, same, like in the in the canon of of real life yeah and the canon of people that have Parkinson's disease like Mark Hamill makes yeah. sense in a way Michael J Fox the guy from the Chase Billy Connolly and Billy Connolly and Mark Hamill yeah. Um, I've got a fan theory that Wes Anderson is a pedophile. <laughs> well, what's your? These um... aren't fan theories. Again, these are these are the, we're ending this episode on <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, on the slim predictions and accusations. <laughs> Slant, like yeah, what? slander is the scariest thing. Of all. That's <laughs> what it is. No, it's not actually my thing. I I knew a guy who was like, you watch him in interviews when he's like next to younger co-star like actresses that he's worked with and stuff and the only like actual concrete piece that made me go oh yeah is have you seen moonrise kingdom yeah Yeah. there's a scene in moonrise kingdom where two underage actors kind of like feel each other up and take each other's clothes off um which when i saw it i was like this is a weird scene yeah do you reckon he he pulled a tarantino and it's actually his hands (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> but i i do think that were anything to come out about him that scene would be uh looked at people, people would not watch yeah. kind of, yeah. there there's a there i i caught an episode of glee at, at a friend's house recently with a guy who ended up being puck, a Mark uh, puck, yeah, yeah. Puck, the guy the guy who ended up um going to prison for having child porn and um, there's a scene where there's a whole scene where he's like He's he's a father and he really wants to meet his baby and he's like holding a baby and I was like this this is a weird scene, you know. In retrospect, oh the weirdest fucking thing like that is the Lost Prophets video for um, a town called Hypocrisy, um, mm-hmm. which is a bunch of little kids running around sitting on his lap and he's making um, very sexual jokes around them. Anyway, let's move on. Um, I'm gonna go with my last little little silly fan theory. This is one of the top posts on, of all time on fan theories, not just shitty fan, fan theories. But um, this is about the Brazzers universe. The what? Brazzers. Brazzers. B r a z z e r s. Like the American brand. It's a brand, yeah. Oh yes. Oh yes. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. No, no, not Brazzers. No. Is it is it a porn thing? It is a porn thing. Yes. Oh yeah, um, nailed it. One of the biggest porn sites, uh, like paid porn sites in the world. It's owned by this. It's owned by MindGeek. So yeah, Brazzers is a porn website, one of the biggest in the world. It's um, owned by the same company that owns Pornhub, um, and so they kind of Pornhub often tries to get you to sign up to Brazzers. Anyway, this is about the Brazzers universe. In the Brazzers universe, uh, humans are descended from an ancestor more similar to a bonobo than a chimpanzee. Um. <laughs> So people in porn have constant sex, incest, orgies, pizza deliveries, punishment. There are no references to wars or any other kinds of non-kinky violent conflict. Conflict. Bonobos have constant sex, incest, orgies, sex to resolve conflict, never or almost never violent conflict, just like humans in porn. Wow. My friend was teaching me about bonobos the other day. She works at the zoo. (laughs) And she loves to fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. So porn is set in an alternate universe where we descended from bonobos. Yeah, the, the common ancestor is closer to yeah, a bonobo yeah. than a chimp. I like the idea of working out why porn universes are different <laughs> yeah, to the yeah. real universe. That's great. I saw like, one today that was on porn. Facebook that was that was like, um, because in High School Musical 2, Sharpay specifically mentions where they import all their food and stuff from, and she says that um, turkey is imported from Maine, but you can't import 
it's not called importing it if it's from the same country and Maine is in USA and High School Musical set in um, Albuquerque that mm. means that this exists in an alternate universe where Albuquerque has become an independent um, <laughs> country <from> America <laughs> <laughs> well, that's uh, New Mexico rather is like an independent country that's brilliant mm. <laughs> and, uh, well, for, uh, I've just been scrolling through shitty fan theories um James Bond's first name is Bond and his last name is James Bond. <laughs> Very scary. All right, so these have been spooky urban legends and fan theories brought to you by thank Cult you Pop for, Shit. Thank you for compiling all of those, Richard. It's it very interesting and fun to to go through and relive the kind of shit that fascinated me um, and have never really talked about much on this on this podcast, so that's very cool. Um, um, so I've just just found one more, another spooky one. Um, yeah. So there's a 2002 TV film called "It's a Very Merry Muppet Christmas Movie," uh, in which Kermit the Frog is shown um, a world, what the world would be like if he's if he was never been born, um, and the Twin Towers feature <laughs> in this alternate reality. So somehow Kermit the Frog is responsible. For 9-11. How? Find out next week. On <laughs> on the- uh, let us know any fan theories that you have or um, urban you legends you ones. heard. Um, yeah. And and let us know what, yeah, what you thought of these ones and what your favourite was. Um, and any other kind of spooky shit that you were real into. Yeah, I'm real interested like- for the, like the, the playground ones you heard. Like, have you heard different versions yeah. of the Steve from Blue's Clues one? Yeah, yeah. Or just like, what creepy thing on, on the internet when you were 12 did you discover... You know, this kind of shit. I love having conversations. I would do a whole podcast about this if it was... We have. Sustain- no, like a series about this if it was sustainable enough. Oh, yeah. Um, but I don't think it is. So if you like this, please like Cold Popture on Facebook and YouTube and like it on YouTube. Go ahead. I don't... See if I give a shit. Fuck you. Um, <laughs> follow us on Twitter, Instagram. Email us at coldpopturemedia at gmail.com. And go and check out the Little Empire Podcast Pals facebook group we need to start plugging that every episode uh where we can talk about this stuff if you want maybe Ooh, maybe this would be a good place maybe to we'll do a discussion this week about what creepy urban legends to do with pop culture did you find um when you were a kid or as an adult i don't care i don't, uh, care. I don't right, give a shit about you <laughs> thank all you right. richard thank you jess thanks jess for coming on thanks guys thanks dudes and We'll see you next week for the spookiest franchise of all, Jaws. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs>